This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. Today's guest is Chef Tom Brown. He's just got a Michelin star for his restaurant Cornerstone in London, and you may also have seen him on the Great British Menu as well as popping up on This Morning Now and Then. Um, he's got loads of opinions on who and what he hates, so it makes for a great listen, and I hope you enjoy it. He makes delicious food, and it's well worth keeping an eye on his Instagram account to have a look at all the stuff he's up to. Now, at this time of year, whilst there's cautious optimism about our way out of lockdown, there's still always a lot to be annoyed at. And that's why we invite you to have your say on who and what you think is a dick on our companion podcast, Compact Dicks, every week. Get in touch at dickspod.com contact or find us on Twitter and Instagram at dickspod. And as I always like to ask at this point, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and a review. We've got some really great guests coming up that I really don't think you're going to want to miss. So do subscribe and then it will pop straight onto your phone as soon as it's ready. Okay, on with the show. Here's Desert Island Dicks with Chef Tom Brown. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is Michelin-starred chef and owner of the Cornerstone restaurant in London, Tom Brown. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Yeah, I like that, like that new Michelin-star title, that's great. Yeah, it's quite. So it's pretty pretty brand new and shiny, isn't it? <clears throat> Yeah, it's that, it's that new. We haven't, we haven't been able to service as a Michelin star restaurant yet. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still waiting, so yeah. Okay, so yeah, well, I thought we'd add it at the beginning, you know, might as well might as well milk it as much as possible, I think. Trust me, I am milking it as much as I can. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're sort of in lockdown at the minute, you can't open the restaurant. Does that mean you're sort of like in an extra good mood for slagging off people and things? Does it put you in a bit of a... A sort of mood where you need to vent today oh definitely and it's cheaper than than the therapist i've been seeing and that so <laughs> no it's yeah i mean in a way it's kind of topical i mean it's almost like you're being you know in the lockdown it's almost like you are on a desert like a desert island anyway isn't it so mm. um but then i mean that just means i'm stuck with my wife so i mean i don't know how well that's gonna go <laughs> but no um yeah it's definitely i mean i'm definitely in the mood to um to talk about things i hate I mean that's that's my general life disposition, so this is this is great. Perfect, lovely. All right, well we can just get straight into it then. Um, who's going to be your first choice for the island? So my first choice um, is it was the first one that came to my mind, and it's uh, Jose Mourinho, the okay. now Tottenham manager. And what is it particularly about him that you hate? Oh, I mean, it's just everything. It's almost like he's almost. The sort of person that is, I'm convinced he tries to make himself more dislikable. Like mm. he's he's been managed. I mean, and I'm I'm a I'm a big Arsenal fan, right? So I mean, a guy who's managed Chelsea, Man United, and now Tottenham is already in poor stead. But I feel like all the fans of them clubs hate him as well. Like he he does these things, like you know, there's the whole thing of the special one and all like that, which. I mean, I don't, I don't mind a bit of arrogance. I think a bit of arrogance sometimes with the right person is good. Like you look at someone like Kanye West, right? Mm. Kanye West to me is great. I, I love him. I think as a character, he's brilliant. And I love this whole, you know, this persona of, of his arrogance. But with Jose, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like, 
and the way he just singles out players, you know, it feels like it feels like it's a it's a running soap opera that just kind of goes from season to season. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he did the, the Chelsea one where he singled out, was it Matter and got rid of one Matter and sold him off. He was like this brilliant player. And then he went to United and he's, you know, he's singling out Luke Shaw and saying he's overweight or whatever. I just feel like it's just a repetitive process with him. And I mean, now, you know, I mean, I love it that he's going through this terrible thing of like running Tottenham into the ground. I mean, long may that continue, but I just think, imagine, just imagine it's just you and him and you sat on a beach and you just have to listen to him. I just mm. think, just, I mean, I'd rather just say, Jose, can you stop talking and just poke me in the eye instead <laughs> or something? Just, like, honestly, yeah. I just can't, can't think of anything worse. I think, yeah, he's the sort of person, uh, yeah, on a beach with him, I think he's going to quickly sort of start playing kind of Machiavellian roles to sort of, you know, turn you against each other and sort of assume a, a kind of a dominant role. Well, he's either going to do that and try and become like your king or he's just going to be a lazy bastard who doesn't do anything and just sort of sits yeah, back and totally. expects you to bring him food and stuff. I can just, yeah, I can just see him sitting there with that grumpy kind of, it's almost, it's kind of a smirk, but upside down, mm. that kind of like frown, frowny look while you go off looking for, for coconuts or whatever yeah. and coming back and him just moaning about that that you're not done you, do you know what i mean he's just like yeah. he's just so he's just so dislikable you know what i mean i mean mm. i just can't imagine anyone worse he's sort of it's weird because he's almost like i mean i don't know a lot about football but in my head i've got a sort of football manager's type of sort of the sort of person i expect to be a football manager but he's more in a sort of mold of a bond villain or something i so wouldn't yeah. be surprised if at the end of a match he waits for everyone to go home and then the pitch slides apart and a sort of rocket comes out of it or something like that because he's got that sort of demeanor but i like it's almost like you know he came from a family of villains and then you know he sort of didn't quite make the grade so he became a football manager instead so he's kind of like the worst football manager in terms of being an evil bastard but then he'll go home for like christmas and everyone kind of looks down on him because he's not a proper evil villain or something oh my god yeah totally like despicable me sort of character yeah he's yeah i mean like he he is just like that almost sort of pantomime villain mm. and in a way he's one of those ones that you kind of love to hate it's almost like i'm glad he's around because it gives you that, you know, at least he's not bland. Yeah. At least there's some managers and they're like sort of a bit wishy. Like someone like, for example, Gareth Southgate is the England manager. Mm. I know he's, you know, there's a lot of people like him, a lot of people dislike him. I just think he's a bit sort of vanilla. There's just nothing mm. really there. At least with Jose, it's like, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. And I can't be indifferent <laughs> to Jose. It's like, I actively fucking hate him. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of glad he's around, but... Yeah, I just think it's almost it's almost pantomime villain esque. It's like mm. I wish he had like a twirly moustache. Yeah, you know what I mean? when yeah. he's on the day, he could kind of go mm -hmm. <laughs> like just at least wear a monocle or yeah. something. You know what I mean? It's definitely yeah, yeah. He's it's weird because it's sort of like when you see someone who takes himself that seriously, it's almost like you kind of think, is there? Are you sort of are you a character? Are you sort of playing a role almost? And then it's sort of more acceptable, like if he's is sort of hamming it up. But I think he just it does seem to take himself that seriously. And there's and there's no fun in that. It's just just annoying. I think he's I think he's quite self-aware and I think he does do it. And I think I think he relishes in it. Like, you know how sometimes people relish in in that hatred? Mm. I think he almost like tries to sort of stoke the fires. Yeah. He does it every three years as well. He's got this pattern of getting sacked every three years. And then getting hired again, and it's like you, you can kind of just see this sort of cycle that he does. But but that's quite a weird thing as well, isn't it? Like those sort of people who kind of, yeah, who really do like to just piss people off. You know, they're like, oh, this will annoy those people when I say this or send this tweet or whatever. It's like, what's your mindset to do that? Like, you don't have to be everyone's friend, but it's quite weird when you deliberately enjoy kind of just like people hating you. I don't like, where do you get to that point? I know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's not, not that everyone needs to be liked all the time, but I just think when you're clearly, clearly do it, you, do you know what I mean? Really mm. pissing people off. I mean, I think as well with, foot, with, with football, it's so, um, it's so revered and that people are so into it and it's so, easy to become or not easy because obviously you need to be very talented or whatever but it's easy to become a legend to an mm. extent you know Jose Mourinho could be 
the, a Chelsea legend, right? Yeah. You know, won the Premier League with however many points and whatever. But I hate him because he, because he's he, but he's created this 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 character and this sort of aura about him of this like yeah like this pantomime villain tying a damsel in distress to a train track sort of <laughs> melodramatic like yeah. character just this awful like black hole of shit and you're just like <laughs> I don't know yeah I mean it's I just can't I just could not think of anyone more deplorable I mean like as an Arsenal fan yeah you've got Arsene Wenger right and Arsene Wenger was a hugely divisive character at the end people wanted him sacked mm. people wanted him to stay whatever by the end everyone wanted him to go because it was just too long but people thought he was a nice bloke like people yeah. like and Jose had this like campaign of like hate this visceral hatred against Arsene Wenger like he's nice he seems <laughs> all right he seems like a nice lovely bloke like whether you think he's a good manager or not is one side he seems all right he seems mm. like a nice user and Jose's just like, just calling, you know, just this, these awful like tirades of like, of, of, of a specialist in failure and avoid And it's just yeah. like, nah, not yeah. for me. It's weird. It's like when a school bully grows up, like you kind of, you sort of end up with someone like that, or, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you just had like, yeah, he was just, I don't know, kicked about a bit a lot when he was young. And this is what happens on a global stage. But I think either way, he's just, yeah, putting him on an island is just, He's he's never going to kind of muck in and join in and just like drop his pretense and just become a oh, normal no. person without ego to sort of live with. I think no, he's got the elite. He, I mean, he's elitist. He's not. He's not on. Uh, he's not on coconut picking duty. No, <laughs> Jose. He's, and yeah, he's funny you say about like what it was like a kid. So I imagine he was one of the ones pulling legs off spiders, like for yeah. sure. <laughs> You know what I mean? He was there saying, "I'm the special one, pulling all the kid, pulling the little legs off the little daddy long legs." Is and that. Yeah. But... Definitely, definitely. Okay, a good choice. And uh, who's who's going to join him then? Okay, so number two, um, this was a hard one to whittle down because there's there's so many of this of this ilk um, that I could have picked, but for me, I'm going to go with Matt Hancock. Mm, okay, yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, I you know the the, the I don't want to get too political and about Tories, but it's just. The, the, the thing that I can't abide by with him is, is well, there, there's a few things, but one of them is like the lack of accountability or acceptance. I mean, I don't know. We've all seen it on, uh, you know, on Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. And Piers Morgan's a close, you know, yeah. Piers Morgan yeah. was way up to getting on this list. He done not yeah. on, but he, Piers, you were, you were near. But um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like the video with the school where he's talking about the free school meals. Mm. And um, they're calling him out because uh, Marcus Rashford, again, you know, I'm not going to go too football heavy, but Marcus Rashford, who we all know, did this amazing campaign um, for free school meals and to help children out that need it, right? Mm. Which, like, at the end, there's, it's a very obvious thing, right? The vote in Parliament was, should we give children free school meals mm. right, during the pandemic or whatever? And that is a very obvious thing, right? Mm. Do we want to feed poor children? And they voted no. Yeah. So many of them voted nah. Like, and you can say for whatever reason about budgets or, or, or economy or whatever it was, right? They voted against giving children food. Imagine that, yeah? Now, when he gets called up on it, because Marcus Rashford has made this huge campaign, amazing mm. bloke, um, and, and made this big turnaround with the government, and Piers Morgan is saying to him, will you apologise or will you admit that you were wrong not to vote? And he will not do it. Yeah. He would, and he dances around it. He's just like, well, you know, I'm glad that now the kids are getting it. And he's like, but you voted against it. And he's like, yeah, but now they get. Yeah, but, but you didn't just, want them to get it. But wouldn't it wouldn't it be a lovely thing, right, for him to go? Do you know what? Yeah, I voted against it. This was my reason. I will now say I was wrong. I should have voted for that. Mm. And you know, credit to Marcus. He's he's turned it around. And let's make sure, why can't they do that? I just yeah. hate, like, what people make mistakes, right? People fuck up all the time. I do it all the time. Like, trust me, I'm a, I'm a master of it. <laughs> but 
why why can't they just go yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't have done that and then just say but now we'll fix it mm. you just can't respect anyone like that and that's what that's what frust- that's what i find so frustrating and i mean you know again if we're talking about the desert island setting Imagine if something went wrong. So can you imagine the, the lengthy discussion he would have and the dancing about? Oh, oh yeah, it'd be excruciating. Yeah, all- yeah. Because I, th- I think, you know, there's loads of things in politics where you're like, why don't we just make this whole thing much better? And I get that with lots and lots of things, it's more complicated than we see as laymen. You know, it's like loads of things could probably be improved. But yeah, it's probably not as straightforward as we see it. But when it is like, as you say, it's like, should we feed the poor kids who who won't eat if we don't feed them like yeah yeah make it happen just make that happen like as a society when you're saying well i don't know maybe you shouldn't have had so many kids if you can't feed them like you're a baddie like that's it you know it doesn't matter what side you're on like i'm not going to get left or right but like when you're thinking like that you're just a complete bastard (laughs) totally Totally. and don't get you know again i like political allegiances aside it's a very obvious thing, right? Is it's extremely obvious, and it's. It, but there's so many things like that. There's the whole thing, like the, the thing that got me um, was the second when they did the media run out for the second um, clapping for the NHS, mm. and just to put just to put out there, the NHS, obvious, an obviously fantastic institution, right? Yeah, uh, the the best in the world. The the fact you know what they do and certainly what they've done in the past in this pandemic is unbelievable, um, particularly when they've been so underfunded and yeah. under, you know, pushed to one side and then they're called on for the for the worst crisis that we've ever seen in our lifetimes and hopefully we'll ever see again. And they're getting clapped at eight o'clock every Thursday. And I remember the first one, right? I was in, I've, I've moved from there now, but I had my flat in Leighton and um, I had a little balcony and I come outside and all I could hear around me was clapping and, and cars beeping. Mm. And I was like, this is quite moving, you know, this is quite a moving moment. And then when there was the lockdown, I think it was the one, I don't know which, I'll get confused between them now. They all kind of blur into one. But yeah. then there was the big thing. It was like the media campaign of, oh, we're going to start the clapping for carers again. And I was just like, do something better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there was a there was a vote in Parliament. I think it was the other day there was a vote in Parliament. I, I know it was the, with the budget, I believe, and they've been given a one percent pay increase. One yeah. percent. Now they're quite happy to roll all these people out. And it's the same with this Captain Tom Moore. I mean, what a legend, right? hundred years old, mm. doing his hundred laps and that. And I think that is that's amazing, right? What what he did was brilliant and you know, he pulled a nation together and all the rest of it and it's it's amazing what this person did but the fact of like then they're they're lording him up and being like you know we're gonna have this ref flyover and and all the Mm. rest of it that you're doing that because you're you're jumping on the fact that this man has got you out of the shit by raising 32 million pounds yeah. nhs that you should have put in there you should have put that in there not 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 an old bloke walking around his garden that should have been you You should have done that in the start and then you know it's like someone going it's like someone sweet swooping in at the end and taking credit for everyone else yeah they did get really sort of co-opted by it because then it's like it it makes it a really tricky thing to criticize because as you say like there shouldn't have been a gap to fill for the nhs like he shouldn't have had to do it but if you criticize it you're like oh, what, you don't think a patriot should do, you know, after all he's been through, and you're like, I'm not, he's brilliant for doing all that, I'm not taking anything away, but, like, he shouldn't have had to, like, you know, that should be the main priority, like, feed the kids, make the NHS good, you know? Oh, yeah, exactly, and, like, no one, no one is disputing the fact that charity is a good thing, right? That's obvious, Mm. charity is a great, is is a wonderful thing, but when you're twisting it to make it you know to use it for your own gain and it's like you see people coming out i remember do you remember the video of nigel farage coming out and like banging a pan mm, in the road yeah. like I, I, honestly it just like it made me be sick in my mouth a little bit people don't realize that normally he has that pan ready by the door so he can scare away foreigners yeah exactly yeah, yeah like yeah, a sort of scarecrow like get away get away from there <laughs> yeah. get away from our jobs <laughs> go away 
Yeah, um, he's another one yeah. that have well been on the list. <laughs> Don't worry, he's 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 on the island already. Oh, so don't right. worry, it's like, as is Piers oh, Morgan, so we're okay. Um, yeah, Matt Hancock, it just feels like there's such a level of kind of ineptitude. Like I've said this before, like he feels like he's got such an important job, but he would better fit like a sort of regional manager of a sort of stationery shop in the north or something. You know what I mean? Like he shouldn't. Need the print stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I think if ever you're going to admit getting stuff wrong, you'd probably be able to do it in a pandemic because you're like, look, I fucked up, but I mean, Jesus Christ, we didn't see this coming, you know, fucking hell. Like, so it's... Yeah, exactly. You know, so you can exactly. do it. And then and now, like, because the vaccine rollout's going okay, you know, I've seen people going, going, look, but, you know, credit where it's due, the vaccine, that's all going well. And it's like, yeah, but that, we shouldn't just sort of look at the last thing they did. And, so, you know, it's like, yeah, the vaccine rollout's going well, but there's what? How many dead? Like well over a hundred thousand needlessly dead. So let's not forget all of them. This 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 government was voted in. A huge factor of why they were voted in is because they were going to be tough on immigration and free movement of people. Great Britain is a small, tiny island, right? People have to come here through airports, through ferry ports, whatever, and we fucked up so badly and I, I i got criticized for this on social media with uh, compa- comparing great britain to new zealand and obviously they're different entities mm. you know it's a huge much more few traffic uh, a huge amount more um traffic of people coming through heathrow airport etc et as to new zealand new zealand are having festivals right yeah. they're having festivals we, we've got hundred thousand dead like the the, the the flights were still going on like people were coming in and out and in and out schools going back too early yeah. all the rest of it like it's like it's it's baffling i mean you know and and to relate it to you know my, myself and my industry we, we got the 10 o'clock curfew thing right do you remember that mm, when it was the 10 yeah. o'clock curfew? like if if you are <laughs> if one of your policies is the subject of multiple multiple means mm. It's probably not a good one. So like when everyone's going, you know, the ones of like coronavirus at 9.59 and coronavirus at 10.01, like you probably think, I don't know if this is right, lads. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I, I just don't, I just don't get it. And I hate, the other thing I hate about it is like this kind of pseudo strong leaderful politician. Like if you look like, a child has painted a face on an egg. <laughs> Don't come out and try and be like, it doesn't work. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's that, that's, I mean, that stems back for all of them for, for, for like all the way back to, to David Cameron. I mean, he looks, you look like a thumb with a wig. Like so for, for all of them coming out, it's just like, what, where's this like, stop this like pseudo strong, you're not just yeah. like play to your strengths. I mean, it's Boris is the same. Comes out trying to give it this all this like, oh yeah, we you know a strong and united front, but you look like a scarecrow, mate. Like just yeah. just just stick to that. Yeah. So uh, putting it in on your island, then I think Matt Hancock and um, Jose Mourinho. I just think like he's going to be so far up Jose's ass, isn't he? He's because uh, I think Matt Hancock really has the vibe of like you know the kid who holds the bullies' coats while they beat up the other weaker kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's going to be absolutely just running around him, sort of like like a little dog yapping up, like "Can I help? Can I do anything? Do you want me to like mismanage anything? I, you know, I, I'm on it. Like I can point the finger and blame Tom if you want." Smithers, isn't he? Smithers to Mr. Burns. Jose would be Mr. Burns, and he Smithers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, and I think that's just going to be particularly uncomfortable because even even when you've got a mountain of evidence that it's actually his fault that the coconuts have gone bad and weren't stored properly, like yeah. he's never gonna, he's always going to sort of weasel out of it. I think so. I think it's a, a strong choice there. Mm. Okay, who's going to be the third person then, rounding off this trio of dicks? Um, okay, this one's for, for, this one's for everyone in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And I think they would all agree is, I don't know who it is, but whoever invented TripAdvisor. Okay, yeah. Whoever invented the platform TripAdvisor. Okay, so I mean, for lots of people, obviously, you know, they're going to sort of go by TripAdvisor ratings when they're going on holiday, when they're looking for a restaurant and stuff. So from you're, you're coming from like the hospitality industry. What is it that's so bad about them? So what's so bad about them is 
the uh, lack of regulation mm -hmm. and the lack of filtering. Um, every chef out there has a bad TripAdvisor story, right? So there's ones, I remember when I, when I was in Cornwall um, and I worked with Nathan Outlaw, there was one for one of the restaurants that they walked past it and uh, they went to go in, they didn't have a booking and they had a dog. And he said, sorry, you can't bring dogs in. And he got a one, right? They got what they give it a one star, but they've never been there. They've never leaked. They've literally never even stepped foot. They just politely got told you can't come in with your dog, right? Yeah. And it's just like that, that that's on there then. And someone's going to see that and someone's going to read it. And I mean, hopefully everyone's not so stupid to like pay that much attention to it. But it's just like the, the lack of like regulation to it. I had one here at Cornerstone and um, I've had, we've had a couple actually. And one of them was uh, a lady kept booking and then cancelling a booking on the day, or not showing up for a booking or cancelling it last minute. And um, she booked it again and she kept doing it over and over. And she booked again and just didn't show up. And we rang her and she was like, yeah, we'll be there in half an hour. And we said, sure. And then she never showed up, right? So we, mm -hmm. it was 10 before. So we um, charged her our table charge, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we take a, we take a, a of an amount of money per person if they don't show up for a table, which I think for me, I mean, it seems it seems weird to me that people don't really understand that, but it's like, if you paid to go to uh, the theatre or you paid to go and watch a gig, you don't then get your money back if you don't show up to it, right? If you yeah. buy cinema tickets online and you don't go watch the film, no one's giving you your money back, right? So it's the same thing. And the cinema, they're not, do you know what I mean? They're not bothered if you don't show up. But here we've ordered in food, chefs, you know, people's wages, whatever. And um, she's fuming, absolutely just outraged that we mm. could possibly do this. And she was saying to us, you know, my husband's a journalist for whatever paper and I'm going to tell him and you're going to be all over the thing. And we were like, well, you know, this is our policy has been clearly stated. And also, it's not the first time that you've done this. Like, you've done this repeatedly. Mm. And she went on TripAdvisor and gave us a thing. And, we, you know, we, we, we spoke to TripAdvisor about it. And uh, they went, well, yeah, it's fair. And the one, that's yeah. that's one, right? And that one's like, you kind of almost get, right, you're, you're irked about this or whatever. We had one. We had one, right? And it was this guy. And he was talking about, you know, whatever. To do with, I can't remember what he mentioned about the food. But the, the kitchen here is, is an open kitchen, right? Mm. It's, it's right in the middle of the restaurant and you, all the diners can see what's happening. Um, and obviously, like, we work in the middle so you can see all the chefs. And um, he said, what was it? It was like non-gym-toned, <laughs> tattooed chefs, <laughs> right? Which is 100% pointed at me because no one else has got tattoos and everyone else is <laughs> skinny at the time. And it's like non-tattooed gym chefs. Uh, tattooed non gym tone chefs um talking about like the music that we had on or whatever and i was like right this isn't all right do you know what i mean yeah yeah it's not about the appearance of the chef it's like <laughs> like don't have a go don't have a go at me because i'm over do you know what i mean yeah. don't i mean if the food is ugly you know maybe but you know if like <laughs> if the chefs don't conform to whatever stereo no so i'm not obviously not calling you ugly <laughs> Thanks, <man>. uh, <laughs> no but you know what i mean like if you know like you can't just sort of say like the chef needs to look a certain way. I mean, it's just insane. No, exactly, exactly. And I, 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 I um. So we we emailed and I was like, I was like, right, ham it up. Like, say, I, I mean, I'd laughed about. It. I sent it on to like whatever group chats I was in or whatever. But um, I I said to them like, let's let's ham it up. Like, let's just say like, you know, this is really upsetting you know this is this is uh what's the word like where they you know have a go at your body or whatever and it's you know and they were like nah it's not you know it doesn't fit with that and I was like no if you like you can't you can't have that as a review of a restaurant like the shit yeah. fat you can't yeah. that can't be your review imagine Jay Rayner going out and going yeah, do you know what? It was all right, but the chef was chef was butters, so we're not like it's, it's so weird. It's such a weird thing to pick up on. But that's the thing, isn't it? Like it, it, things like TripAdvisor, I think you're so much more likely to give people. You know, it's used as a threat, isn't it? So, like, well, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to leave you a shitty review. Yeah, you know, so people tend to in all kinds of review formats. For, you know, they're more likely to go online and complain and they are to go do you know what that restaurant was banging i loved it yeah. you know because that's just unfortunately the way that people can be a bit cunty sometimes oh, but um i think as well the other thing is with like TripAdvisor, i'm always like 
I don't. How can I trust the opinion of someone I don't know? So if it is like a, a reviewer in a, in a restaurant uh, review that I read all the time, I'm like, okay, I've been to some of these places. I get an idea of the sort of things that you like. So then I could trust you. But if it's just like Pam from Stevenage, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you like. You might sort of go... Pam from Stevenage, she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know what your tastes are. So if you sort of say like oh, the food was a bit over the top. That, to me, that might be perfect. Or like something that you go, oh, I'm, I didn't like this. It was a bit of a strong taste or something. You're like, well, you might just have a shit palate. You know, I don't, like, why do people trust the views of strangers? I never understand it. Honestly, like so many things. And like, I used to read it all the time. I used to be like this sort of nerdy, obsessive, like, you know, like an ex-girlfriend sort of thing, like obsessing over it and just mm -hmm. looking and like seeing every single thing that's been written. And I was just like, it's doing... And it, the re when I stopped, it was because the good ones were pissing me off. It's like, mm. even the good ones, I was like, well, they've said that it was Bream when actually I know for a fact that it was Bass on the menu. And you're just like, <laughs> and, and when, when we opened Cornerstone, I wanted to... I, I sent... I got our solicitor to email TripAdvisor and say, I don't want to be featured. Like I, mm. I disagree with it being featured, but apparently it's like, you're, you're not allowed to do that because it's public forum or whatever. But I was just like, and then, yeah. and then I went through a thing because I kind of, I kind of get a bit irate about these things. There was one point where I wanted to blacklist anyone that posted a TripAdvisor review. <laughs> and I was just like, in the end, I just thought, I need to just stop reading it. Yeah. Um, which yeah. was probably the healthiest thing. But yeah, I just, I just think like, Look, it's it's a subjective matter, right? Mm. It's a, it's a subjective matter. Food is food is like it's like art. It's like music, you know. Not to make it too ponzi or pretentious, but it's like that. It's subjective to the person. It's subjective to the 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 time when you eat it that mm. night. You know, if you if you're in a if you're in a great mood and you know you're out on a and you're having a lovely time and the experience is great and the food's there, that's that's fine. You can have a good one. If you're a shit day at work, you come out from here, you're probably not going to rate it that much. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that. And to think there's not, there's not really a thing like that for, for, for music. If you like, like imagine people going on and being like, Oh, don't listen to this because it, it just doesn't, yeah. I just don't understand how it's a thing. And like, I, I do get with some of them and, and, and some every now and again, there are, there are things that people will highlight. I mean, like I say, we don't really look at TripAdvisor or whatever, but people might send an email and say, you know, I found this, this, and this about the service or the food or whatever. And you look at it and it's, you know, there's no, there's no room for that arrogance mm. of like, you know, we always know best with everyone. But I mean, when people are chatting absolute shit on Trifazi, it's like, fuck off, man. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, I think, I think like, as we say this, the fact that people can use it as a threat isn't right. You know, that like that woman who didn't turn up, like, obviously, you know, you've got a high end restaurant. So, losing a table of four repeatedly does have an impact on your you know, your takings and stuff. So then to say, well, if you don't write it off, I'm going to slag you off. I mean, that's not right. And also I think yeah. there's a bit of a culture where like, for me, I remember going to a restaurant with, with someone's family and like the guy, one of the guys I was with fancies himself as a bit of a cook. He's a good cook. He's as a foodie. A little bit, but he's like, he was sort of like a, he was like an older relative of, of the group. And when the, when the waiter came and he was like, "Oh, is everything all right?" and he was like, "Yeah, with with this, I would have just actually toned this bit." And he was like critiquing it to the sh the waiter, who obviously doesn't give a shit because it was just somewhere <laughs> we were on holiday. And I'm like, "No, you don't get to do that. You get to say like this was inedible or this was nice. Yeah. And if it's something that you would tweak, that's that's not your business. It's like, okay, well, for you, you would have had less fennel." But that's that's just your yeah. taste. And it's the same with TripAdvisor. It's like they're concentrating on things that isn't. It's not really fair to concentrate. It's, it's like, look, did you get? Did you have a nice meal, or were you like completely sort of? Exactly. You know, but you can't just sort of say, oh, but if it was me, I would have shaved the parmesan a bit differently. It's like, well, that, that's just your taste. So like, that's not fair to then use that as a as a review. And that's the thing. Like once once these people, once these little nerds sitting in their dark room keyboard warriors have typed it out and posted it to them that's gospel mm. that is written that is written that's on the tablets of Moses do you know what I mean that is written mm. in stone and people have to pay attention to it whereas it's just your opinion to an extent but like that's not do you know what I mean it's that quantification yeah. of it being valid that's what annoys me it's almost like once it's there it's given that validity 
And I think we're in such a culture now where people pay so much attention to, to what's, what's posted online and what's, you know, it's, 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 it's so intrinsic to this, to this industry now. And it's, it's really frustrating that it can just sort of turn on sixpence and, Mm. and people be done with it. I don't know if you've seen it recently. There's a big, there's a big thing um, with a bloke who was uh, an influencer, if you like, Mm. fancied himself an influencer. And he was um, trying to get free food off this, off a restaurant. And um, they said, you know, he said, oh, I want some free food. I'll give X, Y, Z posts. And uh, they went, um, okay. And he said, yeah, it's actually for me and my support bubble, which is five other people. They said, okay, cool. And they were like, can you pick it up from the restaurant? And he said, yeah, no problem. Um, so they directed him where it was. And they, and they were messaging him and saying, just walk a little bit further down here. And it's just past there. And then they went, can you see the police station? And he went, yeah. And they said, just walk through the doors there and just report yourself, turn yourself in for crimes against hospitality. And I was like, <laughs> and I read it. And the same bloke, the same bloke emailed me two years ago, repeatedly. He must have emailed me 10 times oh, wow. asking me um, if he wanted me to come here with his friend. And here's our Instagram profiles. And I must have been in a bad mood because I, I, I recognised the picture when I saw it online. And I went back on my emails and I had a look. I must have been in a bad mood because I went, mate, you need to do your research. I've got more followers than you and your pal put together. So I don't need your influence. And he was like, you know, we're just trying to pay our bills. I was like, how are you trying to pay your bills by coming and getting a free meal here? Like, how, yeah. how does that pay your bills? It's like these people, and if they don't like it, they, you know, there's, there's a, someone could go there and post all this stuff all over it and make it look bad and... You know, it's a constant thing. I mean, Instagram's a huge one for us. Like, we, mm. we have to, I, 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 if I, if I have a night off, and like, luckily, the guys here are, are amazing, so I never see anything. But it's like, you know, if you see something and it looks bad or not right, like, you, you're constantly thinking about how this is viewed. Mm. So it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's something that chefs need to think about these days. So yeah, TripAdvisor mm. for me is dead. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so the founder of TripAdvisor joins the other two on there. So I think you've got a, a solid base of some uh, pretty excruciating dicks on there to to uh, wind you up for the rest of time. <laughs> now, uh, Tom, this will be interesting for a lot of people, obviously, given your profession, because mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Okay, this one's, this one's a tie, so I'm going to go with I'm going to put two. Okay. Okay. So um, the first one is fake uh, vegan meats. Okay. Or vegetarian, like Linda McCartney sausages, that fake and, you know, there's uh, the the fake vegan or vegetarian meat. Um, and the second one is baked beans. Okay. So, well, let's take them both in turn then. So uh, let's start with the sort of substitute meat. I just don't understand, right? You don't want to eat meat, but you want to pretend to yourself that you are eating meat. I just don't get it, right? <laughs> vegan food is brilliant. I, mm. I have nothing, no problems with vegan or vegetarian. The, the world is full of the most beautiful vegetables and wonderful produce, and you can eat the best. I mean, there's cultures in the world where they're predominantly, you know, you look at um huge amounts in in asia that are predominantly vegetarian ethiopian foods like predominantly vegan why are you compressing all that shit into a little Mm. slice that looks like a frazzle that's been through the washing machine and trying to call (laughs) it bacon i just don't get it if you want bacon eat bacon i just don't get the the mindset of it it's not yeah why do you have to try and trick yourself like i just don't get it if you're making Mm. that conscious choice What's the point? Yeah, I suppose it's like sort of listening to like going, oh, I can't listen to my favourite artists anymore, So, but I'm going to listen to covers of them. It's like, it's not going to do, like if you have like a poor cover of something, exactly. you know, it's like, I can't listen to David Bowie anymore, but I have got this album of covers by X Factor contestants. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's not, that's going to make me more angry than just never listening to him again, I think, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, fucking hell, that, that's a Desert Island Dicks thing right there, just listening to covers of David Bowie. But um, no, I just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's almost like saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna live a life of celibacy, but I'm just going to draw loads of pictures of people having sex. I don't get, do you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to me. 
if those ingredients taste nice, right? Whatever's in that bacon or whatever it's called, the like, just like that's fine if they're nice, right? But just what's the point in saying that they have to be? I just don't get why you have to lie about it and say mm. now. So like just, just oh, it's like oh, it almost tastes like well, yeah, but just it tastes like what it is. You know what I mean? I just don't. Mm. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, th- I think like most things would just if you just sort of get rid of the fake part and just concentrate on making the rest of the meal better. I think it's probably, you know, a better way to be. Um, I think like I, I think about vegetarian sausages a lot because I always find like in lockdown, like Zoom Zoom parties for me are like the equivalent of vegetarian sausages. Yeah, because it's sort of like <laughs> yeah. if I'm in the mood for bangers and mash, a veggie one isn't going to cut it. But yeah. when I've been away from sausages for long enough maybe it's starting it'll vaguely scratch the itch yeah. but but then halfway through i'm like god i wish i had some proper sausages yeah. do you know what i mean it's sort of like and that's to me like that's sort of like there's a lot of things like that with like lockdown where you go well if i sort of do this it's a bit like the feeling of that but ultimately you just feel quite hollow afterwards i think so yeah i complete i completely agree i mean when we're doing when we're all sitting about doing a zoom quiz that definitely yeah. has the same feeling of one of them sawdusty Linda McCartney sausages. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's not it's, it's not for me. Yeah. Okay, and then baked beans join them. I'm I'm not a fan of beans either. So, uh, yeah, what is it about them that pisses you off? To be honest, I'm almost going on my, on my TripAdvisor thing here because I'm pretty sure I've never eaten a baked bean in my life. But <laughs> just... The like when I was a kid, I was the fussiest eater, right? I, I mm-hmm. like wouldn't eat anything. And one thing that I was against was things that were red. I know it's a war theme, so like ketchup, beans, tomato sauce of any kind, right? And and as I've grown up, I've like started to sort of come around to <laughs> come around to those things as a concept. Being a kid <laughs> probably has something to do with that. But um yeah. baked beans, I just can't get they just look they just look like it's the sli- it's like the sliminess of them. They just look so yeah. slimy, and I just it's that little they're little like carb carby like I just I just don't understand. I can't imagine like it's sort of brings me out in palpitations just thinking about like eating one. I mean, maybe it's more of a phobia than a dislike, but they honest like I just can't think of anything worse. And also there was on top of that, I, I get a lot of stigma about a breakfast because you know when you're younger. You go on a night out with your pals or whatever, you're all a bit hungover the next day, you all go out for like a greasy spoon fry up. You know? mm. And every all I used to get was about how dry my breakfast was, which is a really niche thing to banter <laughs> your friends about. But um, yeah, no, it was it, it was like how, how dry is your breakfast? But like I just can't and honestly, I'm I'm so funny about it now. I mean, if if I if I ordered something and there's beans there and it's like it's touching and it just like, you know, if it's just on the side of like the bread yeah. or the hash brown or whatever and it's just all soggy and it's just i mean they just look horrible but they're sweet as well right like yeah they say that they're sweet like why i just don't get this they just look awful like i just can't imagine that feed it's like to me it must be like eating frog spawn or something like i just can't mm. no because it's weird as well like you could take the type of bean they use in baked beans and put it in any other dish and they're fine but it's something that happens in the can and the sauce like and that sauce it it, like it infects the rest of the plate to such an extent like you say it's like i don't know what it is it's like nothing escapes it no and if they're left for a little while they get that little skin on as well don't they like you know sometimes you sit in like a bad hotel or something you know when they've been left under a lamp one of those heat lamps and it's like they've just got a big vat of beans on a on a buffet or something and there's like a skin on it like i don't know what it is i think as well when i was little like you know, beans and toast was always seen as like a bit of a treat for kids. Oh, beans on toast. How's that meal? I don't understand. It's not a meal. It's not like, it's not like, why are they, why are you putting them on the toast? Yeah. The worst one you're saying about the skin thing, right? So when you go like in restaurants and whatever, yeah, uh, in fridges, mm. you get like, obviously people going, you know, they, um, they keep things in containers and that. And there's nothing worse than I've, I've worked in a few hotels in my time, like in my younger years. And there's nothing worse than if the if the chef on breakfast doesn't change the container that the beans are in, because you have like the big right. industrial like tins of baked beans, so you decant them into like a plastic tub. And sometimes you might come on breakfast and you see it's like tide marks, oh. and, and you just see these like lines of like you know like rings of a tree, yeah. like how. Old it's like this level of, of crusty bean juice, oh, that layer of crusty bean juice. 
it's just like nah, nah. <laughs> oh man okay so those are your foods and I, i'm now i'm thinking i mean you are a, a you know you're a professional chef who specializes in fish cookery so i think you being on a desert island i mean you're you're actually the one guest who could really knock up some amazing stuff on this i don't know quite how we ban you from touching anything from the seas but for the purposes <laughs> of this we're just going to say you get those food items but uh, what would your drink choice be um this was yeah i was i was i was struggling with this one so but the thing i think the thing that i can't stand the most is like juices and smoothies but like, you know, when they're like the healthy ones that have had like vegetables and stuff in. Yeah. And my, my wife loves them, right? My, my wife lives off them. And she's she'll like be knocking up a spinach, banana, ginger and apple smoothie. And she's like, do you want some? And I'm like, obviously not. That sounds <laughs> disgusting. Like you'd never sit and eat those things in a sack. You know what I mean? You wouldn't put all them things in like a bowl mm. and eat a salad. And even she don't like it. She admits, I don't like it. I just do it for, but it's like, why, why are you drinking it then? Like, you don't have to, you don't have to put the vegetable stuff in there. You could just make like a nice one with the apples and bananas and orange juice or whatever, and then have the spinach afterwards. It doesn't make sense. So, and it's like the gritty, grainy, like texture of it. It's like those kind of smooth, like the smoothies. I don't, I'm not, mm. a, I'm not a smoothie fan. Yeah. There's, there's a real culture around it, isn't there? Like, it's not just about it's like people think they'll change the world or something and it's like you know if you eat enough fruit and veg in your diet and have a varied balanced diet you're kind of okay when people are like oh yeah but i've got to start there with a green juice and it's it has to be green it's like there are loads of things that are all green that have completely different properties it's not just, yeah. it seems like a really weird thing everyone goes no i need a green juice please and it's like yeah Gee, how have you been duped to just think oh the color is green everything is fine you're like yeah, exactly it's, it's not all the same like one's got more iron one's got more fiber one's got something else like why are you I, it's just a weird thing to me turning up at a juice bar with a b&q color chart to check whether it's healthy or not like yeah it doesn't no like the i mean i'm in our, our restaurant's obviously in hackney right so there's low there's loads of things like that it's like <laughs> loads of juicy things and it's kind of this hipstery thing and i just think i think with things like that if people haven't been doing them until a few years ago there's probably a good reason mm. like people weren't going around 10 years ago for this big spinach flavored juice hype yeah and it's because they're horrible yeah. it's because they don't taste nice and i think as well there's there should be a trace description um case going on here because smoothies aren't smooth they're grainy they're bitty they've got little bits of like like the ginger yeah. you know like when you blitz up ginger and it leaves the little hairs and you're like picking out seeds from the raspberries mm. and that there's nothing smooth about it if it's if it was smooth it might be better but yeah the texture is not nice i don't like glugging them back at all and yeah as you said rather just eat all the things separately like i love fruit i love vegetables I'd rather just eat an apple and a banana and then just have some water, you know, rather than have to like blend everything, you know. Um, yeah, and on a desert island as well, when everything's a bit warm, uh, you know, and like, you know, when you leave it for a while and you come back and it's sort of separated. Oh, yeah, when it's separated. Oh, it's just, it's awful, isn't it? And it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly like you say, just, just have them as separate things. Like, why do you have to put them all into one thing to kind of gulp it down and swallow it? Like the reason they do it is so you can have to you gulp it down and swallow it before you can taste any of it. It's like we that, that's one thing that I get with with oysters. Mm. Like people always go, well, what's the best way to eat an oyster? And like innuendo aside, as people go, like should you just swallow it? Should you you know keep it in your mouth and do it whatever? But if you are just necking it, like it's like oysters. If people just put them in the mouth and they just gulp it. Mm. That's because you don't like the taste. Yeah. Like you like eat them things, eat the banana, eat your spinach, eat the apple, eat your whatever. Don't blend it all up to one. Imagine if someone goes to you, right? I really like a pie. I really like beef and gravy and vegetables and pastry. So what I'll do, I'll put in a blender and whiz it up, and then I'm going to drink my pie smoothie. 
Well, it doesn't. It's exactly the same principle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, what magic people think happens when it becomes a juice. But yeah, a good choice. A good choice. Okay. Now, Tom. Fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favorite film of all time, and the other is your least favorite song. What are they, and why? So, song. I'm going to go with anything by Ed Sheeran. Great. Brilliant. I'm any song by Ed Sheeran. Perfect. I'm absolutely with you on this one. <laughs> um and my film I'm going to go with Mamma Mia. Okay. All right. Well, let's tackle the Ed Sheeran thing first then. Um yeah, I've got a lot to say about him, so I'm going to let you start. <laughs> what, what is it about him that annoys you? He's just he's just a knob, isn't he? Like it <laughs> I his music is like, it's like someone slowly sticking their wet finger into your ear and just going slightly deeper and slightly deeper. And also like it, when I come into work, right, quite often, the sh- if I come in a bit later than all the chefs, they've got it on because like they're all sort of a younger generation. I just think, I just don't, I just don't get like what it's, it's just so nothing. There's just nothing behind it. Mm. And it's just so irritating. And the thing that annoys me the most, right? The thing that annoys me the most with Ed Sheeran and his music is that it's managed to somehow, like, by some, like, venom out of Spider-Man osmosis, get his little tentacles into grime music. How has that, how has that happened? How has, how has Ed Sheeran managed to, get into like the grime scene and you know the one that there's the song with where it's him and Stormzy and he's talking about it's like I'm coming back to London or something and he's talking about him eating a packet of crisps and having a pint I was just what the fuck like I just think about Stormzy and I'm like how is Stormzy this like respectable grime artist who's doing all sorts of bits in that in that scene and just going yeah there's this ginger kid that's got a colorful lion tattoo over his whole body and he plays a guitar and that and um he wants to do a song about packet of crisps and pints but i'm really into that yeah like, I just don't, oh it's honestly it's just like i cannot I, I i can't i cannot listen to it it's like it's it it's genuinely painful like it yeah. hurts my soul to listen to his music but that's the thing. He seems to me like it's almost like a robot invented by the music industry because I'll go, right, here's your album. Here's the one that can get played on Radio 2 and Magic. Here's the one that will go on yeah. like the rock stations. Here's the one that we can do a remix of to get on Kiss. Yeah. But the way he sort of remembers stuff or like talks about things, like you said, it's like there's such a sort of weird rose tinted view of things like, oh, this will make me humble. Pint and crisps. You're like, oh, what? Yeah. Or like there's one that really oh. annoys me is talking about sort of going back home or like. He's talking about like, oh, you know, things were simple then, you know, when we were 17. Oh, well, when he broke his leg or something. Yeah, and you're like, like you were like 25 when he wrote this song. It was like, what? Oh, yeah, six years ago when things were simple. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, do you remember back in the days when we used to smoke rollies? You're like, oh, you humble guy smoking rollies. Oh, like, and people. And, oh, like, and then he goes like, listing all his friends and he was like, oh, you know, one's divorced now. One sells clothes. And you're like, so what? Like what like your friends have got normal people jobs and problems like what and you're humble because you still hang out with them like it's just it's like this weird android of like this is how people feel isn't it like this is this will you know like they smoke rolled hand rolled cigarettes and and they reminisce about the old days it's like you're not old enough to reminisce about the fucking old days when didn't he do one with justin bieber and it was like number one for like 47 years or something ridiculous oh, and it, i just remember it, it was him wasn't it i'm so out of i'm deliberately out of touch with everything so I don't know. i'm sure i might have i mean I, i've i've semi repressed it i think but i'm sure there was one that they did together and it was just like i can just imagine a room of like down in some like darkened basement of some record company like and all these executives just licking their lips at the prospect of like these two it's almost like the perfect storm of like shit music that makes loads of money it's just like put this one and this one together yeah all right we're probably gonna end civilization yeah but at least we'll all cash in it's 
Yeah. I just, I just fucking hate it. Like music's a huge thing to me. Like I love, I love good music. It's such a massive part mm. of, of my life. I mean, you know, the restaurant's called Cornerstone for fuck's sake after Arts Monkey Song. Like, it's, it's a big thing to me. And just to think that like the, it's all, I feel, I almost feel like it's an, an abuse of music. <laughs> like it almost feels like, it's like you say, like this kind of androidy sort of, I'm going to, just use this to like make this shit song that no one will like mm. in five years time but right now we'll cash it in and everyone's gonna have it all over their fucking tiktoks or whatever <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh pit, like honestly it drives me <laughs> mental fair enough no i'm absolutely with you on it i mean if you go back to the very first episode of desert island dicks he was one of my choices because i i absolutely agree 100 yeah. with you i can't I stand him okay what would your film choice be then you said mamma mia mamma mia what why <laughs> why is that a thing like i understand it was a broadway show right but the story is ridiculous mm. a woman doesn't know who her dad is, so she invites three geezers to her wedding. The, and I actually had to research this this morning <laughs> because I, I got forced to watch this about 12 years ago or something at an ex-girlfriend's house, a clear, clearly ex-girlfriend's house. Um, and it was all her family and they were going to watch Mamma Mia. And I was like, I'm going to go. And she was like, no, you can't. Like, you have to stay and watch this. And it was one of the most excruciating <laughs> things. I mean, Pierce Brosnan singing. Oh. I mean, ridiculous. Anyway, but like the, the, the story's ridiculous, but it's like, you like the, so you like the music of ABBA, mm. right? Let's put that to one side, as problematic as that is to me anyway. <laughs> you're that keen on the music of ABBA that you want to make a Broadway show slash later on film of it, that you, rather than just going, we're gonna do this ABBA tribute, you have to make this terrible, storyline that links all these songs that don't have any correlation to a story to make it's like it, it honestly it's literally it's 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 so wrong mm. and there's mamma mia too right there's there's there a second, a second one. one yeah yeah how many there? but this is the other thing so like also it's the fact that it's abba <laughs> there's and there's a very good reason no one's been made a mamma mia for led zeppelin <laughs> or Jimi hendrix or someone with any fucking credibility, they've had to pick ABBA and they've just weaved this story, like they've just forced this terrible story. And it's like one of the highest grossing films of all time, right? Pigs will fucking idiot pigs to lap up. And I'm just, I can't, I just cannot see how anyone in their right mind can sit through it. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird, isn't it? Like musicals that you have to be so detached, like your your sense of disbelief has to be so detached to go watch a musical and sort of, you know, like everyone bursting into song and all that kind of thing. But yeah. at least if it's in a theatre, it sort of feels like you get away with it slightly more because it's, right. you know, it's ob everything is obviously pretend. You know, you can see that it's yeah. a set. When they translate that into a film, it be begins to get really, you know, you're really stretching the bounds of believability and, and ridiculousness. And when it's like, Again, like I've got a real thing about like cover songs and you know, like obviously there are some really good cover songs and cover versions of songs and artists and stuff, but when it's like actors singing ABBA, like you're getting so low down the pecking order of what makes a song good, you know. It's yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't wash. Also also, I mean, in fairness, like it's not the fact of everyone bursting into song. I don't I don't mind a musical, mm. right? I do I don't mind a musical. I love a Disney film. Mm. I love a Disney. I love the songs, but the songs are written for that film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The film ain't written to, to link up a load of songs that have never had any correlation <laughs> to a story. Like if you like, yeah, Disney films, like you look at Disney film and all the film, all the, the songs fit the films and it's brilliant. Like everyone loves, you know, mm. loves that. But when it's like, I mean, dancing queen, Super Trooper, Mamma Mia, what the fuck have they got to do with each other? <laughs> and they've, they've woven this like tedious link, shit Jeremy Kyle bullshit story yeah. together to get those things in a thing. Just 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 have a just just play the songs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Play the song. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think, you know, for that to be your only song as well, you're going to be so stuck with it. You're going to have it sort of, you're going to get the song stuck in your head. Um, I bet Matt, Matt Hancock, I reckon he's going to be really happy about it. I can imagine he'd really Matt like Hancock it. Matt Hancock loves Mamma Mia, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, Jose Mourinho is going to get really cross, but that's only going to make him worse, you know, because, you know, you just don't want to make him even more angry and, and miserable. Um, I, who knows what the trip advisor is. He's just going to be there critiquing everything. So uh, he'll, be, he'll be saying how good it is. He'll be giving it five stars all of it <laughs> but yeah i think it's a bad one to be stuck with okay now uh for, finally the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals which animal is it and why wasp a wasp yeah a wasp <laughs> they're the only animal that has an agenda <laughs> wasps don't do anything hmm. so a bit a bee right a bee might sting you yeah but it's self-defense and the bee goes out and they, they'll, they'll die afterwards if mm. they sting. And they're going around, they're pollinating all the flowers and they're doing all this stuff. Wasps are just, they're just, they're just angry. They're pissed off. They're mm. constantly pissed off. And like, I'm like, I'm a, a big bloke. I'm like six foot two. Wasps scare the shit out of me. If there's a wasp, <laughs> but like, if I hear, a zzz, I'm like bobbing and weaving around. <laughs> I'm like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> That this tiny little fly with a vendetta comes past me, and it's like I'm I'm on my knees straight away. It's <laughs> they're awful things. There was a I remember years ago, I worked at this pub. The changing rooms was upstairs. It was like a really really old building. I think it was 12th century or something. It was built like really really old. And we were up there getting changed, and there was about three or four of us, all blokes like chefs. And uh, there was this wasp, massive wasp, right? And we think it was a hornet. I know that's mm. kind of like a man flu thing of like, <laughs> it was a hornet. It was probably just a big wasp. We all shit ourselves. No one would go back in there. Like no one's, no, everyone's refusing to. And then Sarah in the pub walked in with a bit of tissue, got it and just poked it straight away. <laughs> and just, like, just killed it on the spot, like squished it. And it was just like, I think probably that's part of my agenda is that my manhood was called into question <laughs> so much that day. Um, like honestly, mm. I've pulled over cars to get out of because there's a <laughs> bit in it. Like, but they are—they're horrible. They yeah. are little shits, aren't they? Though they're yeah. like—they're sort of. You're right. They—they they do just seem malevolent. It feels like nothing's by accident with a wasp. Whereas, like, if a bee stings you, you know, it's like yeah. it's got to be pretty bad. But a wasp, you're like, they're like, yeah, yeah, come on, you know what I can do? Fucking try it. Come on, then, mate. You know. <laughs> exactly. They go for you. They just—they they come towards mm. you. Yeah. And they don't really, there's no like, not, you know, like bees, like they make honey. It's just, that's a nice thing to do for people. You know, I know it's not doing it for us, but you know, it just seems like such a cuddly sort of like industry for them to be involved in, you know, whereas like wasps, what are they making? Yeah. Like, you know, you can imagine if, if wasps made a product, it'd be like vinegar or something, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Thing, but yeah. too sharp to ever use in anything, you know, yeah, like battery acid. I remember going to a friend's party once and uh, they lived out in the countryside and um, in the evening it was a big barbecue and his dad was making mojitos all evening for everyone and we were all really pissed and just leave, left our glasses on the table outside and the next day in this hot summer day there was just every wasp in the whole world was on these glasses of like leftover sugary booze in the bottom and it was like how do we clean this up it's like every wasp every glass has like six wasps in it you know I like, right. where do you even begin with this? Like, like there's yeah. no, you just have to like leave it and hope they eventually get so high off sugar they piss off. No, they're the worst. And I mean, I hate as well that there's like these people who are like just so unafraid of them. Mm. Like that one always been as well because it's just like, why can't I? <laughs> why can't I be like that? And this, some people just like, you ever seen it where you're like, you'd be out sat in a beer garden or whatever. And a wasp will land on one of your friends, and you're like, "Fuck, you got a wasp on you!" And they're just like, they just go like that and just gently rush it, like with this kind of air of coolness that I can never have. And it just like sort of buzzes off, and like like they're just they've made this bond. I would fucking shit myself. I would burn the top. I'd be like, I'd be up the road. No. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, it just means that on top of an already shitty island, you're never going to relax and you're just going to have a really, a really bad time. So it makes it makes a, a lot of sense. So, yeah, yeah. You, you've done well here, Tom. You've picked a lot of uh, terrible people and things. And I think your island is going to be very uncomfortable, which is, of course, the aim of the exercise. So, uh, so well done. Now, um, we've um, 
we've got a sort of what they keep calling a roadmap. I don't know why that phrase really annoys me, but we've got a, a supposed path out of lockdown now and, and your restaurant is sort of scheduled to open again. Um, how's things looking with that? Yeah, it's good. Um, we, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky that we've got like a really good sort of clientele that, that are really supportive. So we, we've, our bookings have been good since we reopened, but again, yeah, you know, it's still as much as there's this, roadmap i mean remember when we had an oven ready brexit deal mm. you know what i mean it's 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 a stupid catchphrase that i'm not entirely sure is going to happen but hopefully um you know the 18th of may we're scheduled to open fingers crossed we we can and we can all get back to you know doing the things that we want to do and seeing people we want to see and get back to normal life mm. and people can keep in touch with you on sort of on uh, instagram is that the best place to sort of see what you're up to and yeah totally yeah follow, give us a follow on um at chef tom brown mm-hmm. um you know we'll post a lot of pictures of food that we do if you if you fancy having a look at that so yeah i mean yeah this that's 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 what we do really nice one. well tom <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today it's been an absolute pleasure mate and hope all goes well with the reopening of the restaurant thanks for having me cheers pleasure